Hi, I'm Joel McMahon, pastor at uh, St. Philip United Methodist Church in St. Philip, Texas, and uh, it's good to have you with us for our podcast today. Before we go any further, let's bow our heads for a moment of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, it is so good to just gather with brothers and sisters in Christ and to uh, just uh, study your word. And this morning, oh God, we uh, are going to be talking about hearing from you. And we thank you that you communicate with us today, just as you communicated with people back in the Old Testament and the New Testament, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so, Lord, we pray that you'll open our eyes and help us to see that you desire to walk with us and talk with us daily. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're in a series right now called uh, Hearing from God. And last week, we heard that Jesus told us that his sheep hear his voice. And if you're a disciple, you're a sheep and you hear his voice. And so today we're going to continue by looking at the fact that not only are you his sheep, you're also his friends. Now, before we go very far, uh, I'd like to share with you about two types of friends, just to kind of focus in on this. First of all, suppose you're in the hospital and uh, you uh, uh, have a friend that uh, he hears you're in the hospital and he comes by the front desk and he drops off a book and he leaves a note with him, with it, letting you know that uh, he uh, really thinks that you'll benefit from this book. And then that's all he does. Then suppose you have another friend that he comes by to visit with you in the morning. And he drops off some books and magazines and uh, other things for to keep you occupied during the day. Visits with you for a while before he heads out to work texts you a couple of times a day, and then at the close of the day, comes back and visits with you for another hour before heading home. Now then, which sort of person would you rather be your friend? Uh, what I want to get across to you is that God wants to be like the second friend to you. That's the sort of friendship he wants to have with you. He didn't just drop off a book for you to read. God's word is important, but he wants to communicate with you in so much deeper, deeper ways. And so uh, I want to refer you, first of all, to John 15, 15. Jesus has his disciples together toward the end of his ministry, just before he goes to the cross, in fact. And he says, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I've heard from my father, I have made known to you. And that word made known is translated, well, it can be translated told. He has told them things. And uh, that's what friends do. They share things with each other. Now, the first thing I want us to look at is the fact that God doesn't speak to robots. 
He could have made us all like robots. He could have made us uh, like people that uh, just uh, uh, we're just just data receivers and doers, where we wouldn't have any of our own will uh, in anything. But he didn't do that. He made us as people that can hear and choose, uh, and and, uh, we make our own decisions. And he wants people that have free will to be his friends, to walk with him and talk with him and to uh, communicate with him. We communicate in two ways, mechanically, uh, and we also personally. And we uh, communicate mechanically to machines and we communicate personally to people. And God doesn't want to communicate mechanically with us. Even though that's kind of how we think that he does. We think that we should go to him just for data input, don't we? Uh, For guide us and direct us and uh, guide us in our day. But he wants to communicate with you personally. And he talks to you because he loves you not just to give you direction. In Genesis, the 18th chapter, we see an encounter between God and uh, Abraham. And beginning with the 17th verse, there's some other guys around, and then Abraham is off to one side. And it starts out, the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Since Abraham will surely become a great and mighty nation, and in him all the nations of the earth will be blessed. For I have chosen him so that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has spoken to him. And the Lord said, The outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is indeed great, and their sin is exceedingly grave. I will go down now and see if they have done entirely according to its outcry, which has come to me. And if not, I will know. Then the men turned away from there and went toward Sodom, while Abraham was still standing before the Lord. And now listen to this. It says, Abraham came near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Notice, and this is the way that you communicate with the Lord. Abraham stopped what he was doing, and then he drew near to the Lord. And then he starts talking to him, and they have a conversation. But he stopped, and he drew near. Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city, Will you indeed sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous and the wicked are treated alike. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly? So the Lord said, If I find in Sodom, 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare the whole place on their account. And Abraham replied, Now, behold, I have ventured to speak to the Lord, although I am but 
dust and ashes. Suppose the 50 righteous are lacking five. Will you destroy the whole city because of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find 45 there. He spoke to him yet again. Suppose 40 are found there. And he said, I will not do it on account of the 40. Then he said, Oh, may the Lord not be angry and I shall speak. Suppose 30 are found there. And he said, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And he said, Behold, now have ventured to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 are found there. And he said, I will not destroy it on account of the 20. Then he said, Oh, may the Lord not be angry, and I shall speak only this once. Suppose only 10 are found there. And he said, I will not destroy it on account of the 10. As soon as he had finished speaking to Abraham, the Lord departed, and Abraham returned to his place. God knew that Abraham was going to be getting down to just 10 at the beginning of the conversation. But you see, Abraham enjoyed, well, I'm sorry, God enjoyed conversing and talking with Abraham. And he did not mind ask, he didn't mind answering Abraham's questions. Some of you may have had questions for God that you're afraid to ask. And it could be that these questions are what have kept you from even speaking to God in the first place. Let me tell you, he loves to talk to you. He loves to answer your questions. And so I would encourage you, whatever questions you have, take them to the Lord. Get alone and just ask him. Have a conversation with him. Ask him and then listen for the answers. Now, this is just it. God doesn't speak to robots. He speaks to people. And there are amazing records in the Bible where God speaks to people. I shared last week that this is one of my great concerns because as I was growing up, uh, church people were telling me that the Bible was God's word and that it tells us about God and about how to uh, communicate with him and how he interacts with us and what he's done for us, how Jesus died on the cross and how we're supposed to live. But then when I would ask about different things like hearing, I mean healing and hearing his voice, they'd say, oh, that was for back then. Things are different now. But then I would see that there were other people in other denominations that believe differently from what I was being taught. And uh, there was a, a man in my hometown who was an alcoholic, shade tree mechanic, and uh, he was just known for just going off on binges and uh, somebody had their car. He worked cheap, but whenever he went on a, a drinking binge, your car sat there till he got through and sobered up and came back. But then he got saved and he was delivered from alcoholism. And then that surprised everybody. And then the Lord called him to preach and he started a little church. And 
the church, and, and, and then he had a little girl who was diagnosed with bone cancer and her bones were like chalk. They were afraid to let her walk. And then one night at that little church, they laid hands on that little girl and they prayed for her and she was healed. And I can remember weeks later seeing that little girl that they thought was about to die walking around town. I watched that little girl grow up, become a woman, and walk around town with her own little girl. So who do I believe? The people who are telling me that God doesn't speak anymore and that miracles don't happen anymore or my eyes as I see a girl walking down the street whose bones had been chalk-like and, uh, and, and that I watched grow up and have children of her own. Who do I believe? I'll tell you, I believe what I can see, not what just other people are telling me to believe. You see, I've discovered that God speaks today and he does, he, was, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. And the, what you see him doing in the Bible he still does today. But let me tell you, if you don't believe, you're not going to see it. The eyes of unbelief can't see things like this. But uh, he speaks audibly in dreams, just like he did in the Bible. He spoke audibly. He spoke in dreams. He spoke in visions. He spoke through angels. He spoke through burning bushes, uh, donkeys, circumstances. Mostly today, and back then, he speaks through a still, small voice. A while back, I mentioned to you that uh, there have been many accounts recently in the Middle East of Muslims being saved because Jesus has appeared to them in dreams. And today, he primarily speaks to our hearts and our spirits through the presence of his Holy Spirit, through that still small voice. And this is exactly what Jesus has promised to us. In John 16, uh, 12 and 13, it says, he's telling his disciples again as he was preparing to leave. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. In another place, he says that the Holy Spirit will take of him and give it to us. He's the conduit to Jesus, and it is through the presence of the Holy Spirit that he speaks to us today. Listen, Jesus says, I have many more things to say to you. And then in the context here, he says, he's going to be saying them to us through the Holy Spirit. And he talks of the Holy Spirit in verse 13. He will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose. That means make known to you what is to come. And so God 
speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. It was promised to us. Now, God speaks not to robots. He speaks to people and he speaks to us as friends. In Exodus 33, 11, it says, Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. And then again in James 2.23, uh, we read, And the scripture was fulfilled which sa and says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. The friend of God. If you don't get anything else out of this message, I want it to be this. God wants to be your friend. He created people with free will and with the ability to hear and to speak. And he has created you with the ability to hear him and to speak to him. His desire is to walk and talk with us in the cool of the day. He wants to restore the sort of relationship that you were created for, the sort of relationship that Adam and Eve had from them before they rebelled against him. And through being born again, we are brought back into that relationship where we can walk with him and talk with him. Now, here's the tough part. God wants to be our friend, even when we don't act the way we should. In Zechariah 13, 6, we see what's referred to as a messianic prophecy. It's an Old Testament scripture that points to Jesus. And it says, and one will say to him, what are these wounds between your arms? And he will say, those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Then in Matthew 26, 48, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he uh, uh, was uh, coming out of the garden and Judas has made arrangements. And we begin with 26, 48. Now he who was betraying him gave them a sign saying, whomever I kiss, he is the one, seize him. Immediately Judas went to Jesus and said, Hail, Rabbi, and kissed him. And Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you've come for. Then they came and laid hands on Jesus, and they seized him. Even as Judas was betraying him, he called him his friend. Later on, well, earlier on in John 15, 13, we see what Jesus says. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. He laid down his life for you. You're his friend. And he laid down his life because he wanted to share of friendship with you. I must confess there have been times 
when I have not spoken to the Lord and haven't acted the way that I should. I can remember one time when I was uh, uh, in a spot where I was uh, having a real hard time providing for my family and I, uh, I got distracted by all the things I had. One of my daughters was getting married. I was trying to build a counseling practice and it uh, was just getting established. And so funds were very, very tight. And uh, pulling off this wedding was going to be a really tough thing. And then I wound up uh, sitting in a counseling session, listening to this lady talking about all the problems that she was having. And I must say, she was having problems. And for her, they were real. They hurt. And she was frustrated. And I'm so glad I was there to help her. But ah, at that point in time, I was thinking, my stuff is so much heavier than your stuff, lady. And so, you know, we need to swap sides of here and I need to start telling you my trouble. But I didn't do that. I listened and I prayerfully was able to help her and to help get God involved in her life. But then as I was driving home, it just overwhelmed me that I didn't know how I was going to make ends meet. And whenever the Lord called me to be his and he called me into the ministry, one of the things he assured me of was that he loved my family and he loved them more than I did. And he was going to take care of my family. But at this moment, as a man, I was feeling so inadequate that I wasn't being a good provider for my family and I remembered that promise that he made to me personally. Yes, he spoke to my heart, that promise. But at that moment in time, I just said, God, I will die for you. Lord, I'll do anything for you. I'll go through anything for you. But what about my family? You said you were going to take care of them. What about my family? And I just hit the steering wheel as I said it. Then I went home. And as soon as I got in, my wife said, Joel, you just got a call from a man that said he really needed to talk to you. and You need to call him back. And I called and he was a former church member of mine that knew that I was heading off into ministry and he wanted to help, but he made it clear. He said, Joel, the Lord really wants me to help you, but I want you to know that this help that I'm giving, the Lord made it clear, this isn't for your ministry. This is for your family. I had lost my focus. I'd lost my focus and I spoke harshly to God. And how did he respond? He blessed me. He still was my friend. How about you?
maybe you've been holding back coming to him because maybe you have said things and done things that are harsh and you don't think he wants to be your friend anymore. He does. We're going through something right now. Uh, and this past week, uh, I had something going on that uh, uh, became a distraction to me because it was something that was, uh, it looked like it was going to be a wonderful thing. And we were going into a contract phase and all of a sudden things started falling apart. And I started hustling and trying to do, and I got everything back on track. Everybody was happy again about the contract that we had. And I realized that I had been uneasy for days after we'd gotten things worked out. And I just sat down with the Lord and I said, Lord, I have had no peace. And I don't understand why. And he said, Joel, where's your attention been? You've lost your focus. And then it hit me. I had been so distracted by what was going on that all of a sudden I was depending on my own uh, efforts and my and, and thinking that it all depended on me instead of remembering God is my source. And if I couldn't get a contract worked out with this person, I could with another. It wasn't that person. It wasn't my ability to get things straightened out. It was him. He's my provider. He's my source. I lost my focus. It's easy to do. Maybe you have gone through a time recently where you don't have any peace and you realize maybe the Lord's speaking to you now through me and saying, hey, you need to get your focus back. We need to talk. I'm your friend. Let's talk. Pastor Robert Morris, who uh, uh, I listened to and a lot of the stuff that I'm sharing with you came from a message that he gave about this very thing. He shares about how one morning he was just giving God his to-do list and the Lord just stopped him and said, hey, I know this is important to you. And I know uh, that I said for you to bring your petitions to me and to make your requests known to me. I understand all that. I understand it, but I know you, and I know you're about to leave. So let me just tell you, I'm going to take care of your list. I'll take care of that, okay? But before you just rush out of here to that meeting that you're, you have, could we just talk for a few minutes? Would you just talk to me and let me talk to you? Can we just be friends? Well, that's what I'm asking you to do today. And this is what the Lord is asking you to do today. The Lord is beseeching you through me. Can we just be friends?
Will you just be God's friend? I promise you, he's the best friend you will ever have. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for being our creator, our father, and our friend. We thank you for giving us the ability to walk and talk with you. And we ask at this time that you help us to communicate with you on a personal level so that we may hear your voice in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. And if you're ever out near San Philip, Texas, uh, out west of Houston, uh, we'd love to have you visit with us. If not, hopefully we'll see you here next week. Goodbye and God bless.